All right. You happy to be here this morning? Amen. Isn't God good? He is so good. He is so good. He is so good. I know we got people transitioning to the back and everybody's meeting and greeting this morning, but yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Have you enjoyed the Power Up series on the Holy Ghost we've been doing? Have you enjoyed that? I have certainly enjoyed teaching it to you. I'm, I, don't, I, I don't believe that I am the end all and say all in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. I do believe, though, that I've had a lifetime of experience of what's right and what's wrong, and I think there's, at some point, we've got to we got to find some common ground and preach the truth. Amen? Um, so the last few weeks we've been talking about who the Holy Spirit is, what His function is in our life, and all those different things. And today we're going to talk about um, <clears throat> what the benefits are. Now understand this. Jesus said, before we get deep into it now, Jesus said it is needful. It's important. It's to your advantage that I go away. So the comforter can come, the helper. Amen? Because if you understand what he is and who he is, you understand how things work. Now, when you start announcing, when you start announcing, oh, you're going to do a series on the Holy Spirit, the first thing you get, everybody starts, hey, you're going to be talking about tongues? Yeah, I am, as a matter of fact. Sure is, uh, but we're going to get there because we got to know who he is first. Because most people associate the Holy Spirit with that action. That's not who he is. That is a baptism in who he is. That is an evidence of things. Now, we ain't going to get into that too much today. I do want to say this, though, because I've had this question from about 30 people. When it comes to praying in tongues, and we've been in here, most of you are home folks, so you understand. When it comes to praying in the Holy Ghost, if I'm up here preaching, now I'm just giving you this for free. This ain't my message. Don't take it off my time. If I'm up here preaching and somebody breaks out in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation. Amen? But your personal prayer language, you can also interpret. If you're baptizing the Holy Ghost, like, I'm just going, no, don't, yeah, nobody run out. Because, you know, you, you're, you're, you're in him, so you, you can actually decide to pray. Yeah, everybody's like, what's he about to do? When I'm in here on, on, on prayer days... I'm walking around this crowd. Around, well, y'all ain't here, but in my brain you're here. And I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm just... Softly. I ain't make it. It's not, it's not a show. But I now have the right to say, Lord, what am I praying about? And he begins to open up things in my spirit and showing me people I need to connect to, people I need to disconnect from, things I start needing to listen to, things I need to stop listening to. Revelation on scriptures that I've never had before. So there's a function in the Holy Spirit in a heavenly prayer language that has been missed by the show of the altar. Now that's for free. And that's a preview of next week. Hallelujah. <clears throat> because there are nine gifts of the Spirit. But there's also nine fruit. And there's nothing worse than somebody operating in the gifts that have no fruit. So let's focus on that today. Are y'all okay? Everybody freaked out good? Let's do it. <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Y'all happy to be here? Amen. If you're good and freaked out, shout amen. <laughs> All you Pentecostal people just shout amen no matter what. Uh Galatians 5 and 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Skip down to verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not 
under the law. Now, when it says walk in the Spirit, now let me just preface this. This word Spirit can be translated by what we're about to get into in verse 22. Because when it's saying walk in the Spirit, it's saying walk in the character of God. This is not, we don't want to misinterpret this and say that our job is to run around Walmart laying hands on cans of beans. That's not what we're called to do. And don't, yeah, we laugh, but there's people that do that craziness. And, and it's, it's not to get somebody acting a certain way and shouting a certain way. That's not what this means. This means if you walk in the character of who he is, if you do it his way and if you're led by him, under that there is no law, which means you're not doing anything that could be misinterpreted against his word. Amen? All right. So let's go to uh, chapter, five, uh, chapter 5, verse 22. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Now, today is going to be a lot of teaching today, okay? Today is going to be a lot of teaching because I think a lot of times we try to grab something and we need to learn something. Uh, there's, something you, there's some things that you catch. There's some things you had to work on. And, and you've got to know the word. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, say fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such, there is no law. Zero law. Now, <laughs> now let, 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 me just, let me just go ahead and, and, and say this. Oh, my tread lightly today. I have been in situations. Now, I'm going to use me as, a, as an example today in a lot of ministry situations I've been in. Uh, and I'm not saying, I'm not telling these stories from a place of judgment, but a, from a place of experience that confused me. And I, let me tell you something. The best thing that ever happened to me was for me to see something out of order because it made me go in the Word, not judge the preacher. You need to learn to quit talking about the people you don't understand and get in the Word and find out if they're right or you're right. And it's not about a debate, it's about learning the richness of who you're called to be. So when it says walk in the Spirit, when it says uh, against such there is no law, that the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. The fruit of the Spirit is all these things. You can take this list and apply it to any area of your life and see have you let the Spirit rule you in that area. See, a lot, of people, a lot of people get baptized in the Holy Spirit, especially in Pentecostal churches. We pray in other tongues. We get that evidence. And we think that is what it is. But, but really, the Holy Spirit is the only entity on the planet, the only entity on the planet that can change your heart. And it doesn't matter how vocal you are or how loud you are. I've learned over the years that the loudest person in church ain't necessarily the deepest person. Matter of fact, I've learned over the years, usually the loudest person is the person I'm going to have the most trouble out of. Everybody's like, listen, he don't freak me out. So, so we're going to get there. Here's the thing. When you walk in love, the gifts operate by faith. And faith works by love. So there's a lot of people that want to operate in a power they don't want to tap into through love. They're trying to go around it. The, they're trying to end around. They're trying to get some power. Well, that's the wrong motive altogether. When you're called to be like Jesus, you're called to be a person that walks in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, all those things. Now, look, 
I want to show you just a few more things. And we're going we're gonna to try to, I'm going to promise you, I'm going to try my best to get through all nine of these things today. But if we don't, we don't. John chapter 15, verse 9. This is love. We have to walk in love. <clears throat> John chapter 15. Let's start, at, let's start at verse 8. John chapter 15, verse 8. By this, speaking of in love, I'm reading the New King James. By this, my Father or God is glorified that you bear much fruit. Say fruit, not gifts. Fruit. A lot of people want to bear a lot of gifts. Okay. All right. We're going to get there. That if you bear much fruit, so will you be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Listen, he didn't say abide in my altar service. He didn't say abide in worship. Oh, come on now. We're all worshipers. He didn't say abide in those things. He said abide in my love. See, because you, if, you, if, you, if you settle into his love and you learn to stay there, everything else just begins to, add, to, to just line up in your life. But it begins to work on you and your life begins to line up because the inside of who you are gets turned around. See, I messed up a long time ago. I asked God to start making my heart tender toward people. And, and you got to be ready for that. Because when he starts making your heart tender, things that, things that wouldn't make you... See, I, I'm, I'm, listen, I think I'm afraid for years. I told April, she said, well, you're never emotional. You don't cry. And I was, you know, manly. If I cry, I'll die. You know, that kind of thing. If a tear comes out, I'm dead. But now I find myself in prayer, either in my office or in here, just hot tears just streaming down my face. Heart tender. And I'm not where I need to be. But my heart is, is becoming more tenderized because I'm learning to see people the way he sees them, not how we want to see them. Because, look, when we see people, we see people through the eyes of the flesh. When we see people, we see, we see their, their mistakes. We see their flaws. We see their imperfections. April was at Teen Challenge last night teaching, and she, she asked them, she said, how many of y'all like to look in the mirror? None of them. Because when you look yourself in the mirror, and I mean other than painting the barn and fixing your hair, when you look yourself in the mirror... You see you. You know you. You know everything about you. You know your flaws, your failures, your weaknesses. But here's the thing. So does God. And he loves you anyway. And if he loves you anyway, that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that he's giving you a pass to do whatever it is you're wanting to do and act foolish. But he's saying, I love you where you are, but I love you enough not to leave you there. He wants to pull you out of that. And God always moves through love. I had this encounter one time when I was young in the ministry and I, it was actually a TV thing I was watching uh, I was watching TBN and I saw this minister uh, this was back when when TBN had the the uh, they would have the crowd and, and they would actually let the ministers minister to people publicly that, that, that back when that was going on and I was real young this is probably 20 years ago <clears throat> and I saw this minister of the gospel Call, he had the altar call, and, and I mean the flooded up there, and he's flowing in the word of knowledge. And, but his preaching was somewhat mean to me. Now, I'm, I'm not opposed to, to, to tough preaching, but you don't have to be mean. And his preaching came across a little mean to me. And now, I was mean at the time, so for me to think it was mean, it was pretty bad. And so he had all these people, and he's flowing in the gifts, and I thought it was, you know, he's giving, people are getting blessed. Thank the Lord. And then this one precious, precious old black lady comes up. This was a black minister. And he had been praying with all these people. 
And he steps up on the steps so the camera can see him. I don't mean that rude. That's why he stepped up on the step. And he grabbed her hands, and he gives her this. Some of y'all may have heard this story. He gives her this word from heaven. But he says it like he's reading an encyclopedia. Huge words. And I pride myself on being a word guy. And I mean, words I couldn't even define. I'm like, what in the world? And it's just, you know, when you're puffing yourself up, people know it. And, and he was giving us, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to clean this up. And then she goes, because she didn't want to be embarrassed. She, go, she leans in and she goes, I don't, I don't understand. And then he says these words, and this marked me forever. And this is why I teach the Holy Spirit the way I do. He said, well, God speaks to me in my vernacular. You just have to go learn what I said. Was that the Holy Ghost? Did the, I, I, now listen, I fully believe the Holy Spirit spoke to him something to say. But I believe he had his first shot on TV, and he had to look good for his constituents because he wanted to get booked up. I know how ministry works, sweetheart. I know how it works. And he wanted to get out there. Now, here's the thing. That's fine, well, and good, but you've got one person who God sees as his princess. And you just marked her. And, and Who's to say she didn't go home and commit suicide? Who's to say that she didn't go home and just decide, that's it, I'll never, I'm, I'm going back to Hinduism? See, that, we, we have to learn to... We have to learn to discern what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. There are, April made it very clear last night. I was so impressed with what she was teaching those women. She said, there is a Holy Spirit that ministers, but there's also ministering spirits you don't need to listen to. And most of the time, we're flowing in the wrong thing. Most of the time, we just put our church face on when we get here. Y'all okay? Everybody okay? Because here's the thing. We've got to see God the way he wants us to see him. Because if we see him outside of love, we ain't seeing God. If you see gifts flowing outside of love, you may be seeing a minister who can flow in a gift, but he's not flowing in God. Oh, come on, let's, let's not be so super holy. I've been in meetings where 20 people hit the floor and it wasn't God. Courtesy drops. We got a new puppy. Like what Caleb does. What's the puppy's name? Fallout. You know why? Not for nuclear disasters because when you touch it, it hits the floor. I'm like, we need to take that dog to church. We have revival, y'all. <laughs> you just reach down, touch it, fall over. Poof. I was like, <laughs> that's for free. But I've, I've learned. Now, okay, I'm obviously not going to get to all nine of these gifts. So, love is the driving force in everything we should do if we call ourselves Christians. Because if we're not loving people correctly, we're actually not doing the proper service to what he called us to do. Now, look, <clears throat> let, me, let me try to jump ahead. Go to Job. Go to Job chapter 5, verse 22. We'll probably get on to joy and stay there. Job 5 and 22. This is joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. You shall laugh at destruction and famine, and you shall not be afraid of the beasts of the earth. 
Listen to me. If you don't hear anything else I say today and it don't get hot and nobody shouts, listen to this. Joy is your supernatural response to natural trouble. Period. You can't shout your way out. We talk about it. We say shout your way out. But you're shouting because you have victory, not for it. You have to understand which platform you're standing on. You don't shout and sing and worship for victory. You shout, sing, and worship because you already have it. Now, I'm not saying you got to get some funk off of you and get there because we all do. But the truth is, is we get, to, we get to laugh in the face of desolation. We get to laugh in the middle of not having anything. We get to laugh when everything goes crazy. Now, we don't always, we don't always do this because we got flesh, but the, it's the laughter. Listen, listen, the last, I got in my truck yesterday and went driving down my driveway and my tire came off the rim because it was flat. Last thing I want to do is laugh. Matter of fact, I was mad for a little while. But the truth is, God wants our reaction to be, see how menial that is? Yeah, there's effort in fixing that. But that doesn't mean that our life is desolate. That doesn't mean that everything's falling apart. But what depression does, which is the anti-joy, depression gets you over into, I can't believe this happened. And then you all of a sudden start talking about this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Then your friends start reminding you what Joe Willie did. And then all these different things happen. And then Flo and them start running their mouth. And the next thing you know, you want to shoot yourself. Wrong spirit. Ministering to you. Are y'all okay? Y'all all quiet this morning. I always, can't, I always tell if I'm in trouble with April. She's not shaking the rattler, so I'm good. Hey, listen, I'm going to say something. She keeps me so straight. Y'all better be grateful for that woman right there. Because, listen, <laughs> she, she keeps me straight. Because the truth is, I, 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 it's, it's one thing to be a wonder on the road and a blunder in the house. Because there's a lot of preachers that do that. It's another thing to have somebody that will take you in, in your own office and tell you, you better get it right, boy. Y'all give her a big hand. She does that for me all the time. <laughs> Look at her. She's like, do not talk about me anymore. But now Listen. She's looking over there now. That means, that means we're going to have to talk later. Um, no, nah, I ain't in trouble. She loves me. So when you see broken people, now I'm, I'm, I, want, I want you all to understand, this is not going to be one of those messages where, we just, where it's, it's so high that the roof is going to shake. If we don't get this right, we're failing as Christians because people need to know how valuable they are. That there was bloodshed for them. Joy is your response. It's a supernatural response to a natural situation. Joy is the most powerful. Joy connected with peace. You, you get into a place to where, let me tell you something, joy is not outward. Joy is inward. You, you, ever, you ever walk into a room and somebody's just sitting there by themselves just smiling? Just, oh, well, they're nostalgic. No, 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 they're joyful. Hannah uh, and the, she's in the back with the kids. Since she was a little bitty kid, all she ever said, I'm a joyful person. She has confessed that so much over her life, she's like a, a Disney character. I mean, like things will happen, and I'm mad about it. She goes, oh, well. Oh, well, Unikitty, what's wrong with you, oh, well? And she just laughs. Y'all get the Unikitty joke later. But here's the thing. If I have a supernatural answer at destruction and famine. Those are kind of two of the worst things ever. Right? 
then what should be our reaction to maybe having a little light in the wallet this week? What would be our reaction if our husband gets mad at us? What should be our reaction if our wife is angry with us? What should be our reaction if the dog won't fall out and you're trying to show off? I mean, what, what, should, be, what should be our reaction? Joy. Now, here's the thing. I, I really don't want to get too deep into this, but if you really, really get into some original context, when it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, in some of the, you won't find it in a modern-day Bible, not even in the New, Kings, New King James, in the King James. But when you get into an older version, of the, I'm talking about older, you have to look and find it. But after the word love is a semicolon, and all the other listings are the personality traits of love. So love is the de- defining factor of whether you're full of the Holy Spirit, not tongues. Now, that doesn't denounce the move of the, move of the Spirit. I'm not saying that's not true. As a matter of fact, I love nothing more than to have people up here and lay hands on them and believe God for, for manifestations of His power in their life. But it doesn't matter if there's no love flowing because then you're just looking for answers in things that you, you, don't, really, you don't really understand yet. You've got to know who He is. Isaiah 54 and 5 says, From your maker... For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, and he is called the God of the whole earth. The maker of the whole earth, the the creator of the entire universe is looking at you and saying, if you'll just learn how to love people like I do, I'll change your life. Hey, and take it another step further. The creator of the entire universe is looking at you saying, just recognize how much I care. Because let me tell you something, the enemy is out to get you. We, we're, in a day in, we're, do, we're in a day and time now where, where we don't talk about hell too much. I, I, I got a friend of mine that plays music around the world. He actually is one of the, uh, was a praise and worship leader and a minister in one of the largest new church plants in America. And uh, plays guitar, great guys, and just told this story. One of his songs in his set, he does an acoustic, he's kind of revamped nothing but the blood. Oh, the blood. And it's such a great version, especially for a new crowd, young people, they love it. And he went to a church on the, uh, on the, the left coast over there in California. And they said, okay, we need you not to do that song because it mentions blood and it freaks people out. He said... Are you kidding me? That's what saved him. Do you know because of the, the writer, because he was there as a guest musician, it wasn't a service, it was a concert. Because of the writer and the legal issues, he had to, he had to, he had to slide that song in in a flow versus it being on the set list because it had the word blood in it. Y'all, we're in a day and time where the church is moving away from Jesus and it's moving into us hanging out together. And I love all y'all, and I like to hang out with you, but without Jesus, we all going to kill each other. I mean, it's just true. It's just true because you start becoming the person you used to be. Nobody wants to be around you anyway. You didn't even like yourself. And we got to understand that Jesus has called us to be more than we are, but we can only be more than we are in him. See, when you're covered in his blood, now listen to me. I, I, I want you to understand. God looks at this planet And although he loves you and he sees you and he knows you and he knows the hairs on you, all those. But when God primarily looks at this planet, he doesn't see you. He sees the blood of his son. That's what he sees. And all he wants to see is that his son is still active. 
So is the blood on you active or you coagulated? Are you moving freely in the body doing what you're supposed to do? Or are you a blood clot causing heart problems? Are you at a place causing things to, to move freely and to, to get people free and, and point them in the right direction? Or are you a stumbling block for somebody that just needs to know somebody cares about? See, that's what the Holy Spirit does in people. People meet me now. People don't believe. People, people say to April, we'll go, <laughs> we'll go places to preach. And uh, people come up to her, and this has happened way more than once. And she, they'll go, your husband, so sweet. He's so anointed. And she'll go, girl, you don't live with him. Actually, she don't say it to them. She just goes, Brian, Brian Moore, when he was at my house, this has been a few months ago, Brian, Brian said, Brian said, man, this is the first time I've ever been in church with you. And I've watched your videos online, and I saw you at Caneland all these years, and, and you're like a celebrity. April goes, oh, God. <laughs> but the truth is, the reason I tell you all that is this. If you would have known me in 1988, 89, 90, 91, all those years when I was running dope and cutting people and shooting at people, you would have never seen this. Only the Holy Spirit can do that in somebody. But you've got to give him something to work with. You've got to be willing. Let me explain something to you. Now, we ain't going to get in any more of these gifts I lied to you. Or these fruits. That lying ain't no fruit. Y'all come back Wednesday night. We'll finish this list. Uh, <laughs> you have to give him something to work with. You have to be available. But these, these are words I used to say a long time ago. And these are things that the Lord is bringing back up in my spirit again. You have to be willing. We hear that all the time. You have to be willing, right? That's not true. Jesus was not willing you think that, that, why do you think all that blood came out of his, uh, he had the capillary tubes in his brain exploding from stress, and he said, Father, take this cup from me. However, he wasn't willing, but he was willing to be made willing. See, there's something to be said about being real and saying, God, I don't like this. I do it all the time. I'm not happy about it. Just so you know, I am unhappy about this, but because you said it. I'll do it. And on the other side of it, I look back and go, why was I so stubborn? Why didn't I just do what he said? Y'all, doing the things of God are not always easy. They're not always kind to you. But your job is to be him on this planet. The whole point of having the advantage of the Holy Spirit is not just for church. See, we've made the mistake of putting a sign over the door and saying, this is a Holy Spirit church, this is not. We should all be Holy Spirit churches. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit is not designed for the altars. He's designed for the world. You're supposed to go out there and have signs and wonders following after you because you walked in love and all the gifts work by love because they work by faith. Oh, listen, I know this is classroom stuff, but are y'all getting this? This, this? this ain't what they call preaching. This is, this is just popping your head off and pouring it in. Because we don't know whom we serve because we don't know our word. We don't know who our advantage is. We don't know who. I, I have a series that I used to preach called The Holy Spirit, My BFF. And when you understand that the Holy Spirit is your best friend, the fear goes away. 
Now, this is my second lie. I said I wasn't going to talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I am. When I first got saved, I'd never been in a Pentecostal church before. I thought all y'all was crazy. Some of y'all still think we're crazy. She took me to probably the wildest Pentecostal service ever on the planet at, since the day of Pentecost. It was a Perry Stone meeting at Adamsville Church of God. That's where I got saved. I got saved that night. And I encountered something that night. See, I didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit that night, but I got saved. Now, let me tell you this story. A lot of people think you know this story, but can I, can I just move from my notes and tell you what the Lord's telling me to tell you? When I went, first of all, I've been smoking, we called it Primo. We rolled crack up in pot, and I've been Primoing all day long. My wife called me at work, and she said, the Lord said, you're going to church with me tonight. See, because she was born saved. I don't know if y'all know that. She, <laughs> she, she said, you're going to church with me tonight. And I'm like, you're insane. I'm not going. I, would, I said some nasty words. So, but you, I ain't going to church for you tonight. First of all, I know how high I am right now. Secondly, I ain't going to church. Just that simple. And here's what's funny now. Let, let's, 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 since we all get tight about two things the church get tights about, uh, gets, gets tight about, tongues and money. So let's just deal with both of them. I wouldn't let her give. I wouldn't let her give. I gave her $5. I said, you give $5 that money-grubbing preacher. That's it. And I had more than that. That's all you can give. This is way before I got into the ministry. Of course, I, I mean, I was just still playing music. She had a check. You still have that check. Still got it. We need to laminate it. She's got a check, and it says, of course, it's all our information, and it says, I, I don't remember who, if you wrote to the church or to the ministry. I don't remember. But anyway, it's $5. She signs it, and in the four column, it says, for Alan's salvation. Hold up. And then all the way around the edge, Alan's salvation, Alan's salvation, Alan's salvation, Alan's salvation, Alan's salvation. Alan's salvation. Now, she, now this, was the night, this was the Monday night night before she sowed that seed with expectation now she's baptizing the Holy Ghost but she's praying in the Holy Ghost over this check see we got to understand this is not just for altar stuff now the altar stuff is important but we have to understand why we're doing this stuff so she's praying in the Holy Ghost over this check and she drops that check over in the bucket now she did not buy my salvation let's be very very clear but it was a point of contact for her faith because it was something I gave her and so the next night I walk in there, long hair, all the earrings, the smell like pot, got on my Metallica Kill em All t-shirt, on the back said let God sort them out, you know, that kind of thing. April puts me in the loudest section. She had no idea this was going to happen, but she put me in the, around the most Pentecostal people in the Pentecostal church that you've ever been around. And this was back when, yeah. So I'm, I'm on... So, like, if I'd have known there was a balcony and there was an option, I'd have been back up there. But, no, I thought you spoke. I, I was Baptist enough to know, okay, there's an empty seat. Let's just go sit there. I had no idea there was a mafia involved. She, she, pulls, she pulls me up there. Now, she sits where she's sitting. I sit here, and she sits there. She's on my right side. And she, put, she was in a prayer group at that time. There was a, how many women in that prayer group? Like five or six. She brings all her prayer group women. They don't believe Alan's coming to church. Don't know. They all think I'm crazy. So they're all there. One sits here, one sits here, one sits here. One, they, they surround me because they know, okay, he will punch somebody if they come up praying in tongues, try to lay hands on him. 
So all these women get around me, and they're praying softly and kindly. And <laughs> long story short, Paristone preaches on God using broken vessels. I don't know why I'm telling this story. But I'll go up to the front, and I give my life to Jesus. Now, most people know the story from this point. Most people know that Perry came up to me, asked me what I needed. I cussed him out in front of all them people with a hot microphone, which did happen. And, and he never laid hands on me, but the heavens opened up. Lightning bolt hit me. I hit the ground. I got up 45 minutes later, completely delivered from drugs, alcohol. I hadn't done anything since. That's the story people know that happened. People get mad at me because they're like, why can't I get delivered from drugs like that? I don't know. I couldn't tell you why. But this is what matters. When I went up to the altar, I was full of fear because I was in something I'd never been in. And now some of you have been in these meetings. So come up to the altar and the preacher's preaching and everybody's up here to get saved. And I bet there was probably, what, 70, 80 people up there to get saved that night? What amazing results. People up there getting saved and I'm like right there. And then the, back, in the, back in the days of the, the, the Rod Parsley, T.D. Jakes days, they used to go, now you know, some of you prayer partners come up and get up behind them. You remember that? So people would come up from the church and they'd all get behind you and they come up here, David. So like I'm standing here and they come up, they just get behind you, just begin to pray softly while they come down and begin to talk to you. Thank you. And then now, there's 70 people up there. 69 people come up to pray for people and I'm standing there by myself. Nobody won't touch the guy that smells like pot and got hair and they kill them all. Is that, it's the truth, right? I'm standing right here and it's just like a, like a red sea has opened up behind me. Nobody wants to be around me. And this... Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to cry. This man was about 150,000 years old. Comes walking up. Looked like the guy from Up. You ever seen Up? <laughs> Looked like he floated right in. He comes walking up. And he goes, what do you need? I said, I don't know. And he led me through the sinner's prayer. And he loved me. Now I just cussed everybody. Well, I hadn't at that time, but I had cussed a lot of other people. I don't know why they left me in the building. I had, man, I was being nasty to them Christian people. And he said the softest, gentlest prayer and led me to Jesus. And I've been in healing services. I've seen legs pop out. I've seen tumors fall off. I've seen blind eyes. I've seen it. But I've never felt God like that moment. Because he loved me. He said, I can't let nobody, all these Holy Ghost fields shouting Christian stiletto back, flipping, putting people's eyes out, Christians. They didn't care about me. Because I was different. Everybody else up there looked like church folk. Tongue scared me. Didn't want to give my money away. But God was there. And he wouldn't let me go because, see, you Pentecostal people need to do a better job of telling people if they come up to the altar, they're going to hold you there a minute. I had no idea. But I kept trying to go sit down, and he kept holding my hands. I know, son, you need more. I'm like, more? I just gave my life to Jesus. What are you talking about? I didn't know there was more. More, that wasn't on the sign. Nobody say the church of more. And that's when all the other happened. Listen to me, y'all. Thank God for my deliverance. 
Thank God for it. That never would have happened had I not encountered love first. Now listen to why I'm telling you this. We've got gigantic churches all over the nation, and I'm not knocking them. And they're leading people to Jesus by the thousands. We're baptizing people today at the jail with Desperation Church. We're coming together. It's going to be a great day. But here's the thing. If we're just giving them an opportunity with no love, they have nothing to keep them. If we're getting people saved on emotion, are they really saved or are they just emotional? This is why we're moving into the fall season. This is why, are y'all okay? I've completely veered from my notes. Are y'all okay? This is why I don't do judgment houses here. People ask me all the time, why don't you do judgment houses? Well, I've been to a few of those. And this is what I've learned. If you, if you get saved because you went through a judgment house and you went into a hot room after you saw a kid killed in a car wreck and you're saved on fear, which God don't operate in, but if you're saved on fear, three weeks later when you ain't so afraid, are you saved? Oh, but when love, when some, when some 90-year-old man, and he had to work hard to get through all them people to get to me. And when some man that can barely walk realizes his church is failing, and the rest of them, now listen, I'm going to be straight. The rest of them have been up there for prayer 20,000 times, and we're just up there because it was Perry Stone. But one man, really full of the Holy Ghost. And I mean really. He wasn't there to shout. He was there to minister. One man changed my entire life, which changed my entire family, which is changing you, which is changing this region, which is changing this state. You are world changers. You just don't know it. And we need to know his love more than anything else because if we know his love, we can give that. You can't give what you don't have. And when you're, when you're just a church person and you just randomly go to church, but you don't get his love, you are just, thank God you got a fire policy. Thank God you're going to heaven. But what are you giving people? Because you're not called to just sit here. You're called to have fruit. Are you okay? Listen, I'm the one crying. You shouldn't be uncomfortable. And when I read stuff like this, for your maker is your husband. Now, I am a husband. And we might talk about things aggressively. But the things I would do for this woman, don't mess with this woman. Somebody breaks in my house and tries to hurt her, and I take him out, which I will, by the way, just so y'all know. Doesn't mean I hate him. It means I love her. You understand? Same word. Just because people are being cut out of your life by the Holy Spirit does not mean that God hates those people. But He loves you. And He knows what's best for you. He's going to find a way to love them. He's going to find a way to get them. But he, right now, He's got your attention. Are y'all with me? Because the, the, what we've got to understand is this. Everybody wants to understand, hey, how does deliverance work? How do I get free? How do I? It all works by love. If it wasn't for that man loving me, I wouldn't be free right now. Y'all got to understand, God had one shot, one service. That was it. Y'all were all crazy anyway. Now, let me explain. Let's take another step. I'm four minutes over, but y'all okay. I'd been saved for just about six or eight weeks. 
And I'd been in service after service after service, people laying hands on me, trying to get me full of the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. You remember that? We were at the, where were we at? What was that church? Cathedral of the Cross. You ever been to the Cathedral? That's huge. That place is huge. We're having the Church of God uh, statewide camp meeting, whatever they call it. Thousands of people. And I'm so hungry for the Holy Spirit. I don't care about the flash. I don't care about being a preacher. I just, my life has changed, y'all. I'm hungry. So they give the invitation to come down, and I walk down there, and there's thousands of people everywhere, and I'm down there, and I'm so hungry. Now, here's what Pentecostal people do, and I am one of them, so I'm not judging. Well, I have one person grab this hand, one person grab this hand, one person back here. This person's screaming, let go. This person's screaming, hang on. This person's shaking me back and forth, and my mind's so much on what's happening, I can't release. So I thought, okay. Now, what, what little time I spent in church was Baptist church, so I had enough Baptist in me to go, okay, so I'm not one of the ones. Okay? Because now her, her grandfather and her grandmother were Baptists, and, and they were open to the Holy Spirit, but that's some of the things they had taught us. Now, fast forward. Three weeks later, she's in her prayer group, the ones that prayed me in. I'm sitting down watching T.D. Jakes on TV. No pressure. Are y'all listening? No fear. No people. I'm watching T.D. Jakes. He ain't even teaching on the Holy Ghost. This woman out loose conference. And I all of a sudden, since that same presence of night, I got saved. And a 12-year-old little boy, you remember this? I can, t- I can call his name, but I won't do it. 12-year-old little boy walks up and just puts his hands on my shoulders. And I started whispering in tongues. No pressure. No fear. Just love. So what we've done is we've created an atmosphere to where if you don't pray like I pray and you're not loud like I am and you don't flow like I flow, you may not be full. I, want, I check your oil by your love because it's, it's love that set me free. Because if I can get you past pressure, I can get you free. If I can get you past putting yourself in some box, I can get you free. All by the Holy Ghost because I can't do anything within myself. Are y'all, y'all with me? I ain't nowhere near my notes, so if, I, if y'all, y'all mad at me, it's okay. Now, here's the last thing. When that old man led me to Jesus, I accepted the Lord. I accepted salvation. At that moment, I was as ready for heaven if I dropped dead right then. I, don't ha- I didn't have to go back to that altar 20 more times. Now, I was unrenewed. That's why 20 minutes later, I cussed the preacher out. Now, when I cussed the preacher out, was I going to hell? We got to understand what grace really is. Because God can't expect the level from me he hadn't taught me yet. I've seen people. I've seen people in funerals. Preachers in certain denominations say, well, we'll just pray that he's in heaven because he wasn't baptized. People don't know their Bible. People don't know their Bible. When you accept Jesus to be absent with the bodies, be present with the Lord. Now, should you be baptized? Yes, because that's an outward expression of your cleansing. But here's the thing. We got to get past what we think and what we've been taught and what our denomination says. And we got to get in his word. Because if he says it's needful, it's to your advantage. 
if the Holy Spirit is my advantage, I want everything he's got. Everything he's got. And I also know that he's bigger than one action. I know that he is every action. Now, remember we read that if you follow love, there is no law against these things. When you give somebody a word of knowledge or flow in the gifts or lay hands on them praying in the Holy Ghost, listen, I've learned this. If you are in love, you don't scare people. Is this okay? See, I can't preach this in the church I trained in because I'd be stoned, like with rocks. Just make that clear. (laughs) Considering the stories I've told, you know. I want you all to understand something because I get asked this question all the time. All the time I get asked, why don't I have people up here and lay hands on them every Sunday? Well, there's two reasons. First of all, we're, we're a smaller church. I know all y'all's business. And I could lay hands on every one of y'all every Sunday. I mean, that's just the truth. Or we can let the Holy Spirit lead and flow when he says flow. Well, he should flow every Sunday. Pastor, you should really get into the Holy Ghost after you preach. After I preach? Maybe what I'm saying is the Holy Ghost. See, because you know it in here. You know it. Let me tell y'all something. Because I was a drug addict, I've been to jail a thousand times, and I've done all things that all y'all holy people have never done. Let me tell you something about people like me. We have some kind of discernment that may not be Holy Ghost filled, but we know if you're real or not. And let me tell you something, people just are hungry for real. That's it. And I'm not saying I'm the realest cat on the block. What I am saying is I'm hungry for real. I've been hungry for real a long time. I've been so hungry for real, real, it's cost me relationships. It's cost me ministerial opportunities. It's cost me things. But the price is worth it because he's my advantage, not the group I run with. Now, I'm going to say a couple more things and then we're going to be done. Because I still got sermon for next week because I ain't got on none of it. Um, I don't tell these stories anymore much because sometimes you get pigeonholed into telling your story and everybody remembers you as a drug addict that cussed somebody out. But see, what God sees is his son's blood. I don't care what you've been through. I do, but it's over. You're here. You're now. Pastor, I I was hurt so bad. There's love for that. You don't know what they did to me. There's love for that. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they took. You don't know. This is one thing I know. He knows. Let me tell you something. I love this woman and I love my children. I love all of you. I do. And I know within my power, if there's anything I could fix for you, I would. And if God's bigger than that, I'll take it. I'll take it every time. Because my job is to minister, not to put on a shelf. I'm so tired of people telling me how to lead this church. I just want to hear him. Right? I like hearing him at 3 o'clock in the morning when he's, when he's got me up and, and, and talking to me about what to do here I like hearing him when I'm walking around here in prayer when he's when he says this now this is a father when he says just go in your office and just sit with me think about that have you ever been in prayer to where you've heard the Lord say just come sit with me 
okay? I'm, I've, I've reached a place in my life where I, and I've never really been somebody to care what people think, but I really don't now. I care what he thinks because he's my advantage. The Bible's very clear that he is my helper. Now, remember the first two messages this what we said. You could go to Walmart and you could say, where are the little baby gherkin pickles? And somebody could point and say aisle 19, and aisle 19 is three miles long. Or somebody can take you over there and show you where they are. The Holy Spirit's your guide, not your director. But some of y'all are waiting on instructions when he's giving you guidance. And some of that guidance pulls you away from voices you shouldn't hear. Some of that guidance puts new voices in your life maybe you need to start listening to. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we don't know everything. Sometimes. But he does. Now, with all of that being said, the Holy Spirit is my best friend. And the evidence of him being my best friend is not my flow in the altar. It's my love outside these walls. And it's yours. Now, I'm not saying, listen, by the time we're done with this series, y'all going to know all about tongues and interpretations and all that stuff. Because it's needful that we know these things. But you got to know who he is first. Do you know that when you cry, he cries along with you? You know that? Do you know that when you hurt, he hurts along with you? Do you understand that God is in heaven, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and they sent us the advantage to help us understand that Jesus took our pain? You don't have to hurt. I'm sorry that you do, but you don't have to. Because 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5 and 7, Juan, let's throw that up on the screen. 1 Peter 5 and 7. Let's do it in the, do it in the uh, uh, Amplified for me. 1 Peter 5 and 7, last scripture. To me, this is most, the most Holy Ghost scripture there is. It doesn't even mention him. 1 Peter 5 and 7. Casting all of your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all of your concerns once and for all. Once and for all on him, for he cares about you. Listen, with the deepest affection, and he watches over you carefully. When, when Hannah was born, are y'all okay? Everybody comfortable? We're good? When Hannah was born, she was about that big. It's truth, right? She was, I could put her in the palm of my hand. I could put my wedding ring on her thigh. How small she was. When we finally got her out of the hospital, she was a little bigger, but not much. I could put her head in my mouth. I ain't going to tell you why I know that. It's true. Oh, Jesus, help me. We were at her mamaw's house in Carbon Hill. And we had a rolling bassinet. Most of you see just rolled, put up by the bed. Because she was so small, we didn't want her to sleep in the bed with us. She's too, too little for that. Way too little. Like she was really little. So we had her in the bassinet, and I had the little foam things around her where she wouldn't move. And, you know, we already had three kids in the house. This is old hat for us. You know, just, we were careful with her because she was so small. So we're laying there in the bed, and, and I'm on this side of the bed, and April's on this side of the bed, and Hannah is in the bassinet right there. 
And April gets up in the middle of the night. She just reaches over in the bassinet just to tap Hannah on her back, you know, like a, like a parent would do. She can't find her. And April said, oh, and Herbert, now she's, you know, you're in that, you're in that fog, that, that half-asleep fog. And she goes, oh, Mamma has come in here and got her. Which wouldn't have been uncommon for Mamma to do that. She must have been crying and we didn't wake up, Mamma come and got her. Then it hits her. Mamma got one leg. How's she going to hop in here? She can't even get in the wheelchair without me helping her. How's she going to hop in here and get that baby? April comes up out of a dead sleep, attempting to wake me up with her hand from back here open in my face. Poof. Black my eye. She hit me so hard. So um, now, I'm, now I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost at this point. And I'm laying there, I'm, I'm dreaming about great things in God. So we jump up, we turn the light on, and she was so small that she had moved herself up into one of the round corners of the bassinet and she couldn't feel her. Sometimes, sometimes, you're in fear of her something because you're in the wrong position. Sometimes, you're just not looking at everything correctly. Casting all of your cares, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all. That sounds easy. That is the most difficult thing you'll ever do. You know why she punched me in my face? And that's what she did. Because she was concerned about that baby. Now, I could have been spiritual and said, look, why don't you just read 1 Peter 5 and 7 and go back to sleep? Then she had to punch me in my face again. But listen, the amount of passion and effort that she put in to check on that child pales in comparison to what Jesus has done for you and to what the Holy Spirit advantage means and how God set all this up make you win you just got to accept so when I'm standing there and this old man comes up to lead me to Jesus and I don't know nothing about nothing all I know is my heart's pounding out of my chest feels like it's in my throat y'all been there had no idea I was called to preach had no idea you told me all that then I wouldn't have believed you but the truth is I may not have accepted the Holy Spirit that night and, and learned about him fully, but that man did, and his advantage became mine. See, this whole touch and agree is not always about money, about him. Amen? Stand with me. Just bow your heads right where you are. I know it's been a long day and I apologize for that but just bow your heads the Holy Spirit's ministering across the crowd right now I mean strong 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 on people strong so with every head bowed every eye closed nobody looking around this is not about people knowing people this is about you and him 
Nobody's going to pull you out. Nobody's going to point you out. Nobody's going to say your name. But if you're in this place, you may not know everything. You may not know what's going on. You may not know what's next. But you know that Jesus is pulling at your heart. You say, Pastor Allen, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe you haven't been following Jesus for the last few years of your life. Maybe you've backslid. Whatever it is. But you need to get renewed in Him. You need to reaffirm with Him. You need to accept Him again. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to put your hand up and right back down. One, two, three. All across the place. I see hands. Put them right back down. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. All right. People are going to get saved today, church. So all of us, and including those of you who raised your hands, say this with me. Say it this way. Say, Father. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Father. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. I accept the free gift of salvation. I am saved because you died for me. I am saved because you rose again for me. And I am saved because you live in my heart today and forevermore. I thank you that I now get to learn about the advantage. In Jesus' name, amen. People got saved. That's what it's about. Now, several people over the last several weeks have gotten saved. The next step for you is baptism. You don't have to do it today. But if you're interested in that, we'll look forward to that. But here's what's more important. More important than that is for you to understand, just like me, when I got saved that night, I didn't have to go back to that altar 25,000 times. You are as clean and as clear and as... God sees you as new. You're new. You're new. So April says it the best way I've ever heard it. Don't trash talk yourself. Because you ain't trash. You ain't trash.